you know, it seems like me, here I am out here playing hard, trying to help turn around every team in this league. And for people who are out there, I've turned around four teams in this league, and I've done help do it here too. So all the people talking junk out there, you can take that and shove it, all right? That's all I got to say. Turn up your speakers really loud right now if you missed me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Waggle. Thanks, Davis. Listen, like, oh, it's running wild. Oh, this is like a modern-day Hulkamania, I think. It's pandemonium. It's like Beatlemania in 2016. Hi, everybody. I'm James Sabalski alongside Davis Sanchez. You can find him on Twitter, at Davis Sanchez. You can find me, at James Sabalski. Or you can just fire Venom at us um, anyway. Shape or form. You were missed. Welcome back, my brother. Uh, you know what? Based on listening to your show last week, I knew I was missed. <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> buddy. No, yes, man. Like, hey, I want to give some props to Davis here. Davis holding the fort for the last, and you know, it's still relatively new to the to the broadcasting, podcasting, media sort of business. I'll tell you what, man. This guy's a natural. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to work with Davis because the man's not afraid to talk, and <laughs> I think as everybody's finding out, and he's not afraid to tell it like it is, and I think much to your benefit as you, the listener, and thank you so much for subscribing, but this is why Thanks, we buddy. got we're, try- we're trying, and we're, we're having fun. That's, the, that's the, the, most, the most important thing. We're having a blast. We got thank the chance. Found out that you were aspiring rapper while I was yeah. away, uh, or hip-hop artist, uh, trying to get into the <laughs> rascals, and and you know what? Thankfully, it worked try- out trying. for the benefit of uh, football fans all across North America, because not only did you also had a couple of years in the National Football League, and but we know you affectionately up here in the Great White North. That's it, brother. As a man who played for pretty much every CFL team, I did mostly. I did mostly. Yeah, I got a, I got half in. Um, all right, you ready? To, you ready to jump in on this? And by the way, thank you so much for everybody uh, that has taken the time to subscribe. And and if you haven't yet, please do so. You can subscribe into iTunes. Uh, on the Waggle podcast. You can also find us on CFL.ca. But thank you so much for taking the time uh, to listen and continuing to build the momentum as we are about a third of the way into the season. And we're just it's getting better by. and it's better. It's by. ripping by already. And uh, it, let's jump into, I guess, what has been uh, the most talked about issue in the Canadian Football League pretty much over the last few days and the better part of the last week. Well, uh, you know, there's these guys at TSN who always want to jump on me every week. And, uh, you know, it seems like me, here I am out here playing hard, trying to help turn around every team in this league. And for people who are out there, I've turned around four teams in this league. And I've done help do it here, too. So all the people talking junk out there, you can take that and shove it. All right? That's all I got to say. Well, there you go. A uh, passionate, smiling Hank. Not really smiling there, Henry Burris, the uh, Red Blacks quarterback last Saturday at halftime in an interview with TSN. Um, kind of grabbed the conch and, and really kind of kind of took a pointed aim at, at all the haters out there. As, and as Taylor Swift was going to say, haters going to hate, 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 hate. What would you, like, you make of that watch? Because, I mean, I didn't see it until later. I was actually at the Red Blacks game at TD Place uh, well, against you, the Eskimos yeah, that I'll night. I'll get into that in a minute. But I'll tell you what, I don't even know what happened. But all, I, all I know is... Because you said last week you were tired of talking about the Ottawa potential quarterback. Well, I, don't even, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but I got something to say. I just want to... You know, all these guys are trying to trying to jump on me every week, and, and all I've been doing is trying my best to turn around every podcast in the world. And, and for those of you who don't know, I've turned around four podcasts just this year in the CFL. And I helped turn this one around for you, Sabalski, and carry this podcast too. 
So for all you guys, all you haters around the CFL, you go shove it. That's what I got to say. Wow. Go shove it. There's an I in uh, Davis, apparently. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't like it, obviously. I, I thought it was funny. Sar- you're a little sarcastic no, with ext- it. I'm, I'm extremely sarcastic. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Um, I thought it was ill-timed. And, and you know, I love, the, I love the passion of Hank. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. He's mm-hmm. a, and that's, what, that's why he's played so long. He's a competitive. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, I questioned what, what I left uh, thinking about after, after um, was where, where his mindset is and what, what's important to him and what he's thinking about. Because there's, there's no way that, you know, as many things as a quarterback, as any player, but a quarterback, as many things as they have on their plate and on the go in the middle of a game, you're worried about, you know, what someone says about you um, a week ago or whatever it may be. I, I just find it... It just—I think his mind's in the wrong place, and I, I was—I was surprised that a, a professional, you know, the guy's been as good as him for as long as he is, and got as much praise as he's got, and as much hate or negativity as he's got, um, felt a need to uh, to make a comment about it because that's part of the deal. Like we—that's what we do, and especially a quarterback, like you get all the love, and you're gonna get the hate, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's undeserved, and yeah, people may not appreciate Hank as much as they should because he's a beast and. He has turned around a couple. Maybe not four, but he's turned around a couple teams. There was some fact checking yeah, on yeah. Twitter going on. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to uh, TSN's Derek Taylor, by the way, for digging <laughs> yeah. some of that stuff up. It was some, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, whether you know whether warranted or not, it was just surprising, and, and I questioned kind of, and I'm, I'm sure lots of in in around the sport would question where his mindset is at at that point in time to be talking about that. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I think a lot of people took issue with it because they thought he made it about himself. And, and I think the timing of it certainly felt like it was a little set up knowing that, hey, look, it's a live halftime interview or at least, you know, live to tape pretty close. And, uh, and to know that he kind of had that platform and to have a big audience that was going to see it. And it certainly got a lot of discussion uh, following on social media. You know, I, I'll say this. I didn't have that much of a problem with it compared to a lot of other people. And, and here's why. I, I think there's no league in pro sports that I've experienced that it defines what have you done for me lately more than the Canadian Football League. And D, D, you played south of the border, and you can probably speak to this. Like, guys can still get away with playing a little bit on reputation there. And you can, you know, you see it in Major League Baseball and guaranteed contracts and in the National Hockey League and in the NBA as well to a degree. But in in the CFL, you can be an MOP one year and you can still be traded or cut or lose your starting gig. And we're seeing that with Henry Burris. And... Look, here's a, a great g- point, Jim. Yeah, yeah, I just, you know, I he's never, a, we never thought about that. That's a great point. Yeah, he's he's a 41 year old. And time and he's and he's, you know, I, I and I think he's feeling it. I mean, look, I mean, 8 months ago he was he was the best player in the league and it was a great story and a feel good. Um and you know what, this wouldn't be an, a story at all, but he gets hurt in week 1 and in comes Trevor Harris who a lot of people were kind of surprised at the signing and the timing of it, but you know, I I think most people would agree that the best player in the league this year has been Trevor Harris. And so now Hank comes back and he's got, you know, an incredible amount of pressure to say, you know, you've been sidelined for a month, but no pressure, but you got to step in and be awesome right now because quite frankly, nobody wants to see Trevor Harris sideline. So he's fighting for, he's fighting. He's, he look, that's a guy who's got a lot of pride. I think he's also recognizing the time of his career at this point. I mean, he heard it at every point. I think he's always kind of been nudged. It's always a little bit of yeah, but with Burris. And yet he's a Hall of Fame player. Right. 
and he, and he took a team in Hamilton a couple of years ago to a Grey Cup. Look, I, I think, to be fair, that guy deserves a little more slack than he's gotten. And for, I think, fans to be on him so soon, it was a quick turnaround for him. Yeah, he, he did three, make it a little bit about him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, no, he, yeah, enough. did he make great it a little bit about him? Yes, and, and, and I can understand where people want to take issue with that. But look, here's a guy who's done a lot. And I'm not talking about just on the field, but he's done a lot for the community in Ottawa. I mean, there's a big reason why Ottawa football is back in a big way right now. And that's because of Henry Burris. Yeah, he's also he's a great player, but he's also a great personality. Yeah, he's a good man. He's he's good with, good with all he the fans. He sells he's, the league. Oh, and he always has. And that and and so for that reason, you know, for me, I looked at it like you know, like like other people did. Ill timing, maybe a little bit about him, but it doesn't at all taint what I think about Hank Burris and his mm-hmm. and who he is and his CFL career because he's he's been a he's been the man and he, and he's he's been an ambassador of the league and that. Like I say, he, he even Hank may be able to look back at it and say, you know what, it was probably not the best timing, and I probably, you know, yada yada. But like I say, it doesn't for me. It doesn't take anything away of what I think about Hank and and what he's done. What now, he's having done said all that, I still think that Trevor Harris should be the guy running the Ottawa offense right now, just for the simple reason that. The, he, he's, been the best, he's been the best what, player in the league. What have you done for me lately? I don't know about you, boo boo. Um, that's. But, hey, Rick Campbell's got another week to kind of breathe and try to let that sort out as the Red Blacks have the bye week. So uh, we'll continue, you know, look, and we'll continue this discussion, I'm sure, next week as well when when the Red Blacks are back in action after having the bye week. And, you know, that's one more week for Trevor Harris to heal up. And But I, I think at this stage of the game, you know, yeah, if I had to make a decision, I think Trevor Harris is probably the guy, but I think Henry Burris deserves the benefit of the doubt. He was an MVP, and it's not like the guy struggled – all the way, and it was also hey a come from behind win as well. Yeah, um, yeah, now, enough. now, did you ever? No, let me ask you this. I mean, you you get chirped uh, as an athlete, and especially if you're a high profile guy, uh, sometimes you know, especially in one on one situations where you get exposed. Um, as a DB, as a, as a cornerback, you can certainly be in those. You know, you can be on an island, Chez Island, so to speak, like Revis Island. Uh, did you ever have a situation where the media got talking about you? Or anything like? Can yeah. you draw a parallel to what yeah. what Hank's gone? You through? know, you know. I, I think I've been. You know, there's been times I was pretty fortunate in in my career in that to to get a lot of a lot of love from the media, and it wasn't very often. You were buying votes, though. Yeah. Well, I learned as I got older. I sure learned how to play the game. When I was young, I definitely <laughs> didn't understand that. Hey, you guys, you better be nice to the media because they're the ones that the fans they're writing the, stories. No, I mean you get. You you gain your opinion of how how good a player is by how the, a lot of people gain their opinion by what the media says about them. Sure. I, as players, we know that because we hear the media talk about players. But we as players know aren't that good, but the pump up factor goes well. Yeah. And I, I was probably a benefactor of that as I got older because I I probably was actually one time Hank told me this is pretty good about Hank actually. So first time I think I was probably about maybe like my seventh or seventh year. So I might have been like just over thirty. Mm-hmm. And I felt, still thought I was in my prime and still thought I was, you know, the lockdown guy I was in my younger younger days. And uh, we were on the field one time, and Hank says to me, we start, me and we're kind of chirping back and forth. And me and Hank were pretty cool, and we always... Opposite know, teams at the Opposite the stage, teams, yeah. yep. And we always, I uh, never played with Hank. Um, but we're kind of having a little friendly banter, and he says to me, walking back to Huddle, he says, Chez, you're not, you, th- hey, don't get it confused. You're not, you're not the guy you used to be. And he actually, I was pretty good at talking trash, and I never really let it affect me. And when he said that to me, he kind of kind of hit me, cause I kind of hit me in the belly like ah, cause it kind of was true, and I and it wasn't that it was true that it hurt me. It's the fact that I didn't yet realize 
that I was at that stage where I'm, hey, wait a minute, I might not be as good as I used to be. And they're obviously watching film and seeing my early years, teams didn't throw at me because I was, you know, I locked it down. Yeah. Yeah, at least I hope I think I, I think I did. Actually, I know I did. Well, you had what, nine picks the one year? So, right? so that was, so that, anyway, he said it to me and it really hurt because I realized that, that he was kind of right. And, and it, so he kind of stung me, but I got a, g- a good one. Uh, I, I never responded to, to media types, uh, you know, that were negative, whatever it may be. I didn't get a lot of it, but I know one time, Dwayne Ford, this is awesome. Dwayne Ford did his uh, Canadians, uh, top, top 20 Canadians of, yeah. the, of the year he always does. And I wasn't on the list. And this is like, I think this is 2009. 40. Yeah. 40. Yeah, this is, this is 2000. No, sorry, this is 2010, I believe. Okay. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm, 30, I'm 35 years old. I'm not one of the top 20 Canadians in the league at this time. I'm not. But it just, stung. It didn't sting at all. Oh, it did. But I'll tell you who it stung. My little brother. <laughs> so my brother sees this and is enraged. Like, this is bull crap, Davis. What's going on? You're definitely top 20. And that's, that's why you love your family because they sure, always support yeah, you. Absolutely. He's like, you're, how that Dwayne Ford is crazy. That's impossible. How is he? This guy's not better than you. This guy's not better than you. There's no way. And at this point, I'm like, I'm like, come on, Ty is, I'm not, I'm old now. It's not, you know, I'm fair enough. You know, he finds Dwayne Ford in the stadium because he's got the pass, the family pass to come down underneath. Oh, After the game's over, he, my brother goes and confronts Dwayne Ford and tells him, what are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> they, you think that David Sanchez is not top 20 Canadian in this league? You're out of your mind. And Tyus isn't exactly jacked. Like, he's kind of more built like me, <laughs> just to point out, right? And Dwayne is like, he might as, he's built like a freight train. I think. Even still. No, ta- ta- in his, like, senior citizen age. Dwayne right, is, yeah, 40? Dwayne, Dwayne's yoked up. There's no <laughs> yeah, question. I'm kidding, Dwayne. He's yoked up. I, Ty is a, he came at him as a fan. He's a huge, my brother's a huge CFL fan. So he yeah. more came at him as a fan than aggressively. But I just thought it, he told me afterwards. And I was like, what are you doing? I thought it was pretty funny, so I'm sure Dwayne got a good kick out of it too. Yeah, you gotta love you gotta love family members that um, that want to talk to. Oh, just yeah, those those certain moments. It's like you know what? When I worked at TSN and I introduced my dad to Michael Landsberg, and yes. Michael Landsberg, the sure. whole long time host sure. of Off the Record, and and Michael is not the person. Like Michael, the person is very different from Michael Landsberg, the personality. He's kind of a termed up personality, but he is a genuine heartfelt sincere caring individual and my dad who's a pretty shy guy but a retired police officer dad this is michael landsberg and just yeah what are you gonna do about it yeah yeah you don't like that huh and then my, my dad's like all of us it's like all of a sudden like he's in like the grill room session on the hot seat with michael landsberg like getting into his business just it's because time, he's been watching the guy for 20 years it's time to shine and my and, yeah. and landsberg is just kind of i mean he's clearly had this over the years multiple times but like my jaw hit the ground at this banquet going oh my god what are you doing i work with this man so uh i know i can appreciate that but it's you know what look i I think at the end of the day the burris story uh it's not going away yet and you know the the red blacks get a week of reprieval because of the bye week but we'll see hey the big story i think going into this week is zach attack yes bayside's most eligible bachelor no, not Zach Morris. Sorry. Zach Caleros <laughs> returns um, at quarterback this week for the Hamilton Ticats, uh, replacing Jeremiah Masoli. And we've been waiting to see this for almost a year now as Caleros, who was probably on his way to winning last year's MOP award before going down with uh, a torn ACL. 
He's back, and he goes right into the fire against arguably the best defense in football right now, and that's the BC Lions Saturday at BC Play Stadium. I, I think immediately when you got Caleros back, I mean, the Hamilton Ticats become a better team, but approaching a game like this, Davis, I mean, what, what are the challenges for a guy like Caleros going right into the fire against a team that is a very aggressive defense, not mm. only up front, but their secondary all across the board. How do you? What are going to be the biggest challenges for Zach Caleros finally getting his first real action in almost a year? Yeah, I think I think the one thing that they'll do, and this is not only are BC Lions extremely aggressive, but they're at home too, where they're going to have the crowd and gonna, yeah. it's going to be loud, and they're going to be flying around, and and they're playing great football right now. So, and they haven't played a home game, and I think it's uh, 37 days. I think they said it, which is uh, it's been a while. This is uh, crazy. So. Uh, was the Toronto game uh, early yeah. in the season? So it, the big challenge, I believe, is going to be Ken Austin is going to have a, a whole different, and they, they won't say this, but they're going to have a different uh, a play sheet than they normally would because they they don't want to put Zach in an uncomfortable position his first week back. Meaning, sure. you know, having guys, you know, he's not going to be that no huddle. Let's get to the line. Let's call some plays. Let's fly around mm-hmm. like we do. They're going to, you know, maybe run the ball a little bit more. Uh, maybe keep keep it two back, run some more two back, max protection, give him some time to to set his feet and step into some throws. You don't want to go five five wide wide receivers, empty backfield, and and make and make Zach you know get rid of the ball fast and have guys all in his face. You want to you at least want him to be comfortable on that knee um, with his team. Uh, so I expect him to come out you know two backs, max protect, run the ball a bit, mix it up a little bit, keep the lines um, off balance so that they just can't tee off on Zach and his and his. Uh, until he feels comfortable on that leg. Yeah, but, you know, the unique thing, I think, for and not only for the Ticats, but for six of nine teams this year in the Canadian Football League, six of nine teams in the CFL are averaging less than 75 yards on the ground per game right now. And and I think Calgary is the only team that's averaging just, and I mean just a hair over 100 yards on the ground yeah. per game. And... You know that's that to me is going to be challenging because all of a sudden you're you're asking an offense to become a ground attack to try to become a more balanced team when you just really haven't established any sort of ground game this season. It's starting to come around a little bit. Andrew Harris is kind of starting to show some signs of life in Winnipeg. We'll get into that in a second, but you know that see the tabbies when I one of the things that I find that really kind of jumped out at me when I'm looking at the numbers for the Tie Cats, and I don't know if this will make a huge difference or not, but Opponents against Hamilton this year are averaging 32 and a half minutes time of possession. Uh, that is the worst, you know, for what the Tie Cats are allowing their opponents by a full two minutes. You know, BC for the on that flip side, their opponents average, you know, less than 28 minutes right. of offensive possession per game. And you know, for a team that. I mean, okay, how do you become all of a sudden a short yardage attack and just try to nibble and graze? And, you know, you certainly have great possession receivers that can get the job done. There's some, you know, some familiarity, I think, with Caleros, uh, you know, with Chad Owens from a few years ago, at least uh, with some understanding. Uh, you got Andy Fantu's in the mix as well. Tasker's in there. Like, there's some, there's some sure-handed guys that can certainly help make life easier. But, you know, that's an aggressive BCD where, you know, I, I think – it might be a step back, I think, this week for Hamilton before going forward. And boy, that and that BC offense right now, I mean, I mean, I, we were kind of just talking before, and, and this can be a conversation for another day. But John, if you were starting a football team right now in the CFL and you're looking for a quarterback, 
I think despite all the the accolades and all the established veteran and experienced quarterbacks out there, I feel like Jonathan Jennings might be in that discussion. You are, you are really going to get me in trouble here because <laughs> I angered, I really angered some Calgary Stampede fans uh, a couple weeks ago when I said that you know they may not be the best team in the league right now, uh, and 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 uh, you saying that Jonathan, you pick Jonathan Jennings over Bo Levi Mitchell, who may have the best, well, may have who had yeah. the best start of any quarterback in CFL history in yeah. their career, and. I'm now, James. I'm not. I'm not uh, disputing what you're saying because yeah, because Jonathan Jennings. I'm not. I'm not have, saying I'm necessarily taking Jonathan right, Jennings, right. but I'm it's saying he's, he's in, in the, the discussion, in the discussion right, right now. Fair yeah, enough. he's in the discussion. That, Think about it anyway. Oh, he's, yeah, definitely. And, and and for the you know for you Stamp fans, I, I I did say that I didn't think they're the best team right now, and that's not to say I don't think they'll be the best team at the end of the year because they do have Bo Levi Mitchell. And that is the difference maker. And they look really good last week, too. So I, I yeah. almost wanted to recant my statement when I saw them play. They look pretty good. Like, they could just finish teams off. Like, the way they the – Well, way look they, at their fourth quarters yes, the last two like weeks, Like, the way right? they can drive when they, need it, when they need to put something together. It's almost like it's almost like Bo goes in cruise control when he needs to and, and kind of takes his foot off the gas. And they kind of – they're good enough to turn it on and off, yeah. which, is, which is actually a sign of a good team, to be honest. It's a – you know, you can put someone away when you need to. That's uh, But, yeah, you know what? They have three receivers. BC has three receivers that are on pace for, I think they said yesterday, 1,300 yards. I think Burnham, Burnham, uh, Gore, and uh, Arsenal. And Manny, Gore, yeah. I mean, Gore has been awesome. It's great to see him, uh, a young Canadian who had who was, you know, super, um, uh, very highly looked at when he came into the league and, and didn't have a ton of success already. But he's I played with him. He's an extremely hard worker, a great kid. And now he's a vet. Um, well, he is a vet, so it's great to see him having a breakout year. Finally, put him in a position on that short side. He's always been a Z receiver, which is tough to get balls. But now they got him on that short side where he's getting a lot of a lot of balls, and he's proven uh, proven that that's maybe the spot he should be at because he's really he's producing. And three guys over thirteen hundred right now. And uh, looking, and there goes your Jonathan Jennings. Like that's it's pretty. <laughs> well, the fact and 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 add to the max that he's he's parked a former MOP that's healthy again too in Travis Lule. So I mean that's he's doing he's clearly doing something right. And I think for you know he's we were and, 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 and let's face yeah. it. I mean I, I was I mean I was certainly skeptical whether or not he could pull it off again. And you know I, I think we both talked about it at the beginning of the season. But he's hey I'll tell you what he's proven me wrong. There's still you know what there's still some throws there's still some immaturity right there. We see a couple of picks that I'm sure he'd like to have back. Yeah, but sure. boy the the good still outweighs the bad, and 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 man, that he's got a shotgun for an arm. I mean, that is a and I'll be strong and I, arm. And I also ha- I had to say, I I was early in the season. I was quick to say that I didn't think very highly of the BC BC Lions. Yep. I didn't know what Wally did to make his team better. I didn't think he made any yeah. changes to make it better. Um, and and I was dead wrong. And so I mean, he he obviously knew what he was doing. He obviously felt his changes were. He made some important changes, which I didn't see. I didn't see looking at the roster, and you know, in talking to some of the media out here in BC, I don't think they saw it. They saw it either. To be nobody to be, totally, to be totally nope. fair. So I mean, but Wally, that's why Wally is Wally, and and, uh, and this team is, uh, you know, hey, I I'm quick to throw out. I'll throw out my opinions, and that's all they are is opinions. And 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 when we're wrong, we're wrong. And that, that I was I couldn't be more than wrong on how this BC Lions team would look. I didn't. I wasn't sure that. They wouldn't be in last place at this point in the season. To steal a quote from the movie Remember the Titans, attitude reflects leadership. And Wally Buono has got that team going. I like BC to get it done, by the way, Saturday night at BC Place uh, with the returning Zach Caleros. Just, I think, 
that's a that's a tough situation for Zach to get in. But you know what? He's, there's a reason why they just signed him to a million and a half uh, dollar three year extension. A milli, a milli, a milli, a milli. <laughs> sing it, sing it. Uh, also, hey, you know what? This is a matchup that I don't think anybody really thought too much of a few weeks ago. If you looked at the schedule, but man, I'm really intrigued to see this one coming up. You know, with Winnipeg and Toronto and Matt Nichols. I mean. Matt Nichols looks like he might have saved the Bombers' season right now. And look, told, it's a third of the I way. I told you guys, Matt Nichols is going to take. I told you guys, you've been listening, you've heard me say over and over again. Matt Nichols is going to come in and he's going to take this team and lead them to the promised land. No? Yeah. Uh, the, the Department of Clarifications is on uh, is on hold here. We're looking for you. But hey, look, you know what? Whatever whatever the, bom- the Bombers needed something and they found it, I think, in Matt Nichols coming off the bench in relief. And. You know what the guy the guys are buying in the de- that defense is is getting better as the season wears on you know they're they're averaging now giving up i think they've given up just an average of about 21 points per game over the last four they're reducing the points that they're giving up um but they're moving and and you know what and i and i think part of that is that ground game is starting is starting to come around as well i mean it, it, that one winnipeg team is starting to look like a balanced attack defensively and offensively they're starting to get a little bit of production there they're doing it. They're doing it. The last two weeks, they've done it without their top three receivers. That is crazy. Yeah. Like, how is this possible? I, I mean, and then now this week, Ryan Smith's go, hurt. And well, keep, keeping's been out. The O line has been decimated. Yeah. They're missing three of their. That starters. was a sore spot. Patrick start of the year. Newfell's out. Uh, uh, Jamarcus Hardick now is out this week too. So that's another guy that's out. So I mean, this. But they just keep on. They just keep on plugging away. And and uh, I think Nichols. The biggest thing that that Nichols is bringing is the long ball. The fact that he's. He's a gunslinger. He's willing to chuck it down the field, and he's act, been accurate with those passes. And I think that's the that's the part that that Drew Willie was struggling with was hitting those passes. And if you you know, there's only maybe you know one of them a half or two of them a half that are that are gonna you know those those spots you get you have to hit them, and when you don't, it makes a big difference. So I think that's the biggest that's the biggest difference I notice is is Matt Nichols hitting. He's a, he's slinging the ball downfield and in those spots, and he's hitting those those you know that one big play a quarter or, or a half, and it's making it's making a difference. You know, uh, now now we'll see if he can keep it going against a Toronto Argonauts defense that really starting to kind of click in. At the same time, they're coming off a bye week as well, so they're they're healing up. Although Logan Kilgore will still be under center with Ricky Ray still out for a couple more weeks, but the Argos kind of catch a break where they get an extra week. Uh, they have that bye week with Ricky sidelined and. You know, Logan Kilgore, for all things considered, looked pretty good. I mean, I don't think we're going to be talking quarterback controversy at all. But you know what? To go into Ottawa mm-hmm. and to, you know, hey, full credit to the Argos defense for, for shutting down that Ottawa Red Blacks high-octane offense as they did from a couple of weeks ago. But Logan Kilgore was a nice game manager and, and beyond. And, you know, to, to eke out a win over last year's MOP and Henry Burris that kind of kick-started the whole, you know, Burris feeling the heat, but this Argos team, a lot of people thought that this would be the team that might be coming out of the East, um, you know, heading into the Grey Cup in 2016, and right now, 4-2, and two, they haven't really disappointed. I think there's been some areas that, you know, there's room for improvement, and they, you know what? I think the big thing with the Argos, they've done it quietly, you know, and we've talked about, like, it's, it's nothing spectacular. It's nothing flashy. It's nothing fancy. I think at times we've talked about the offense and saying, you know, they could probably be a little bit better. They've got some offensive weapons that don't seem to be clicking around. But Whitakers look good in my books, and this is a team. They're still 4-2, and two, well, and they're moving. How about how about uh, in the in the area of uh, why, they are, why they are head coaches and why they know 
why they know this league inside out. After uh, maybe it was like week three or two or week two or three, a head coach in this league I spoke to told me that he thinks that that Toronto may be the best team coming out the East when it's all said and done. I mean, if, after after two or three weeks of the season, I, when he said it, I was I, I was uh, shocked that 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 was the team that he would think because I didn't see it. Mm. And now all of a sudden we look and. And here they are with the best best record in the in the league with Calgary. You know, I, I we've talked about it a couple times over the last few weeks, uh, and just kind of mentioned it quietly. But you know, that early season trade with Mitchell Gale and Sean Lemon with the Argos and and the and the Rough Riders, that deal has worked out well for both teams. And you know, they now you know in Saskatchewan you've now got a legitimate backup that in the event that Darian Durant goes down, but Sean Lemon has had a huge impact. There was familiarity with him in Stubler's system, and he's getting to the quarterback, but that Argos defense is starting to be as advertised. They look strong. They look good. I think they get it done at home against the Bombers this week uh, on the Thursday nighter. Uh, I think that's that's the game to me, that uh, they'll get it done. Uh, I will be there. That's going to be a good one. That's that's the that's the Friday night game. Sorry, that's game, the Friday game, yeah. yeah. That's the Friday night game. Thursday is, is the uh, Edmonton. Uh, Montreal game, I'll be at that. Yeah, one I, fe- I felt like I kind of well. wanted to just skip that one. Yeah, I felt like I wanted. I mean, like, oh, this is this is going to be an ugly one, and that's the one that kind of kicks off the week uh, on the Thursday night or Montreal and Edmonton. That, oh, I mean, that I've just, I mean, I'm, on my game notes here, I've just got, ugh. and that, and how do you not? Like, Montreal's averaging less than 20 points per game. Uh, Edmonton's giving up over 31 points per game this season. There's some real problems with the defending Grey Cup champs, and I don't know if you can say it's still early. I mean, how bad has it been for the Alouettes this year? They got evacuated from their practice on Monday because of a gas leak in the area. I thought it was. I thought it was. Pretty Something good. stinks, all right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I couldn't resist. I, I couldn't it, resist. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I found it. Uh, I found it amusing. Not amusing, but interesting that Jim Pop actually cut a player at halftime last week, uh, before, while he still played. Uh, not cut, but sat him down. Boris Beatty mm-hmm. um, was. Uh, got, he was interviewed by John Liu. Jim Pop was interviewed by John Liu at halftime, and that John asked asked Jim, you know what. After this, you know, that this, uh, what are you gonna do with Boris Beattie, or what's your take on how is can you move on with him, you know, for next week, and what's it gonna happen? This is at halftime of the game, and 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 Jim, to my surprise, Jim said, you know, after this, after this, I don't, I don't know if we could move on. I don't know his exact quote, but it was something to the effects of, after this week, I don't think, I don't think we'll be able to move on with it, or some of that nature. And then he quickly, Jim quickly caught himself and said, unless you know he goes down and makes a game-winning field goal or something, I think he caught himself. But I think oh, at yeah. that point, at halftime of the game, he had already decided that next week is I'm moving on. He's Boris Beattie is uh, what was his nine? He's nine of sixteen on field yeah. goals right now. No, and we saw and that and that and that's been problematic all season. And 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 I'm sorry, but and you he's know, shanking punts now too, which is, yeah, he's still and actually he, but he's he was still chip shot there. and he was yeah. missing chip shots too. And they're not going to sit him down. It looks like they're going to bring in a, a place kicker and use two two roster spots and let Boris continue to punt. I believe because um, he does have a big leg and he has potential, and that's why they don't want to release him. I don't think because they know somebody else will grab him. Put put them on their his practice put them on their practice roster and then you know let him get his confidence back because he does have potential. That, that that's a hard and, and we've seen it in pro football in so many different cases. But that's a hard thing to do to find a kicker in order to regain his confidence. And I'm sure you played with guys who who've had that where you know guys who've guys who've been you know they were automatic and then all of a sudden it's one. gone and you get the you know whatever you got call it the yips the shanks whatever uh, i'd say you i have i've got one for you from my rookie year in uh, san diego 
uh, we start. We, I go out there for off-season workouts, and I'm roomed with a a kicker named Wade Ritchie, who they signed yeah. a free agent from the 49ers. Yeah, and so he's my roommate in the off-season. We were both, you know, because I had I come from the CFL, so I was older. I was already 20 six or seven years old yeah. so instead of rooming with a rookie that was there they rooming with, with with wade and wade had just gotten i think three three point five million dollar signing bonus mm. and and whatever he had gotten but he he was a kickoff guy he mm. had a huge leg and he was he, he had a huge leg in the league yeah. he was a kickoff guy he wasn't very accurate with field goals and i remember wade telling me i don't know why i don't know why they signed me to do field goals i'm i'm not a very good field goal kicker I'm good at kickoffs, but I'm not that I'm not that good at kicking field goals. This is the he said it is in camp. This is before the season starts. He's telling me he's not a very good kicker, and I'm thinking to myself, "Holy gosh, maybe maybe you should have told them that before you signed." I, I couldn't believe he. I'm was, not a great cover guy. No, could, yeah. I'm a DB in camp, but I don't know why they brought. I try really hard. I'll tackle them once they catch it. I'll tackle them, but usually they catch it on me. Yeah, they're usually good for the first down, but you know. So that, that, that you know that season, he, so Wade starts off the season as the kicker and 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 the and the and the uh, kickoff guy, yeah. and he. And by halfway through the season, they bench him. They bench him, and, and yeah. he's only the kickoff guy. And I, I almost went up to uh, AJ Smith at the time and told him, "I, I could have told you that. He told me that wasn't going to work." But <laughs> yeah, not, not a good idea. I'm really fun at parties, though. But I'm, I'm not much of a kicker. Um, th- this, I, I mean, to me, I look at Edmonton here, and, and I think Edmonton's due for something. There's a lot of heat and a lot of pressure. Um, I think on Edmonton to turn things around, and I think fans are starting to get a little disillusioned. Uh, you know, it's a tough situation for Jason Moss. You know, I know that Ed Hervey's starting to hear, hear some of the critics saying that, you know, you didn't put together a, a decent enough roster. Um, Mike Benavides, the defensive coordinator, is taking a lot of heat because, let's face it, I mean, it's the defense that's taken, you know, taken a lot. Of, look, I think you're a victim of your own success. I think championship teams, you want, people look around and they want to pill for those rosters because they want guys who've got championship experience. They're big game players. They want winners. Um, but the Eskimos have struggled to really try to keep up, and uh, you know, look, it's well, whose fault is it? I mean, what, 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 so that's fine. So you you, you say Herbie's here, and well, you say I, Moss is here, and you say ultimately, it's I think the defensive personnel. I mean, the guy, like, right, look, okay. they're just simply giving up too much. Right. They're just giving up too much and not enough. Now, whether that's a coaching standpoint, and and I, I like Mike Benavides, and I think, and I, I I believe in Mike Benavides, but they just haven't got the results. And I think to a degree, you have to look at the personnel on the field that. You know, whether that's Ed Hervey, who's obviously had a hand in terms of assembling the roster, but you're trying to manage salary cap issues. And I think ultimately the players on the field just aren't good enough, Davis. I, I think that's I think that no, that's what it ultimately comes down to. I agree with you completely. And, I, and that's that's where I would that's exactly I said that last week. That's what I would point to. It's it's I believe that it's it's the personnel on the defensive side of the ball. That that's where there was obviously not obviously that the guys they brought in, they mm-hmm. thought were better than they were. Or there wasn't enough emphasis on replacing guys like McCoyle and Grimes and 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 these guys because they're I mean their personnel and that's why you have to Mike Benavides will take some of the blame because the defense hasn't played well sure but there's no, I mean he does not have the personnel he needs and the offense is moving the ball and Riley's throwing for 350 yards a game yeah. for five games in a row or whatever it was I mean so that's it that's, I think I agree with you I directly point at the the personnel on the defense side of the ball and I believe when the NFL cuts come and I don't think Edmonton the evil empire is not worried about the salary cap. Yeah. They are going to spend whatever the heck they need to spend right now to get players in. So when this NFL camp, when the NFL cuts come, there's going to be a boatload of players coming in to Edmonton, and they will spend whatever they need to spend to get a couple more DBs, 
a couple more pass rushers to help out this football team. Well, I, I think we'll have to coin the phrase that you uh, that you served up to us last week on the waggle that until things improve in Edmonton defensively, the Eskimos will be known as their defense. <laughs> Hashtag defense because there's no D defense. right now. There's defense, defense. <laughs> until until. Until the D returns, there is no D. American Airlines, please ship in, ship in some players. <laughs> please. Oh. Yeah, and, and we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks because oh, I think they, you touched on with they the signed NFL Thom- cuts. They signed Brandon Thompson, who, uh, who, was from, who used to play for Ottawa, and they released Dion Blue. Brandon Thompson is a good, is a good cover guy. He's, mm-hmm. he's been around for a bit. I think he's had some uh, some uh, attitude problems or some coachability problems, yep. I believe, in the past. But uh, I've watched him. He's a, he's, a good, uh, he's a good football player. You know, and, and in, fairness, hey, look, and in fairness to Edmonton, I think they showed some signs against Ottawa, and that's a pretty good Ottawa offense. Now, whether that's an offense that's kind of, you know, sputtering a little bit with Henry Burris, and you can make your cases all across the board, but I think there was some signs or at least some encouraging signs last week before they let it get away. Uh, Montreal's offense, a team that's averaging less than 20 points, I think this is an opportunity for maybe Edmonton to try to get some momentum, get a W uh, at home this week, and I, I think the Eskimos take this one uh, in the in the in the uh, of the man, week. I've helped rebuild forty podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was four about twenty minutes ago, I've but rebuilt forty podcasts, and I'm I'm building this one too. Uh, last game of the week to look at, and it's Calgary, uh, the return leg, I guess. Calgary in Saski to take on the Riders. Uh, look, I mean, the Stamps have have just absolutely owned the fourth quarter. Uh, this season, I mean, they did it so against good. BC a few weeks ago, and then they did it again where they kind of pulled away against uh, against Saskatchewan last week as well. Uh, to me, I think I for whatever reason, and I don't know. If I, look, Calgary has been impressive, but I don't, you know, I don't want to go against the grain here. But um, the Riders folded in the fourth. I I think it's a different result this time around, and I, and and you know what? There's nothing. You know what? And and. I'm just throwing it against the wall here because if you throw enough stuff against the wall, something's bound to stick, right? There's nothing factually that I will throw out here that will, you know, that will give you this hope and optimism, this passionate, you know, it's almost like a vague Donald Trump sort of say, we're going to make America great again, people. We're going to make it great again. I'm just thinking that I think somehow, some way, I think the riders find a way to even the score at home this week. There's not, again, there's not, it's, and it's just a, it's just a hunch it's just a gut feeling, but I you're feel allowed, you're allowed to do. You're allowed to have that. I you're feel like Darian Durant's going to have a game, and I think Saskatchewan's going to show up. Uh, especially, you know what? I think Chris Jones is going to have this team pissed off going into this game. The way, especially the way that they bent. I mean, not just bent, but broke in that fourth quarter. Yeah, Darian. You know, Darian's thrown seven touchdowns with zero interceptions so far. You know, when he when he's been out there, so he's he's been. Darian's been impressive, and, and Rob Bag had a monster game. At halftime, he's going to say if the, if the Riders are losing. It's not my fault. He's <laughs> been, they've been great. I, I wouldn't, you know what? I, I'm not gonna go out on the limb and pick Saskatchewan this game. I'll, I would take, I'll take Calgary this game. But okay. I do think it. I do agree with you that it will be close, and I think that Saskatchewan comes out to play uh, in this game. Calgary, you know what? I, I, and you know what? Calgary hasn't. They've been a little Rodney Dangerfield this season. They haven't necessarily got the credit they deserved, although they are atop the CFL's power rankings. Uh, for this week, so I mean, they're starting to get some love, and 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 justifiably so. You said that they're not the best. You don't think that they're the best team in football right now, and it's funny because in one breath I kind of want to say, I mean, to me, I look in a grand scheme of things, and when you look at like you could really kind of take the top four teams, where in Calgary and Ottawa and Edmonton, uh, or sorry, uh, or Toronto, 
and why am I drawing a blank here all of a sudden? Um, what was I? Okay, T- anyway. Toronto, Ottawa. Toronto, thank Calgary, you, Toronto. Yeah. And so when you look at, but when you you can kind of play a little bit of Yahtzee, kind of throw it around. I mean, I, I think the the Argos have kind of done it quietly. Yeah. I think Calgary at the end at the end of the day, when you look at the results and even the games that they came they came up short on. I think that's a team that has probably looked to be the most consistent, aside from kind of letting that one Calgary? get away. Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, and I, and, and I will say, I, I said that, that they weren't the best team in the league. That was after week six mm-hmm. when uh, when BC should have beat them. So yeah. at that point in time, BC already beat them once yes. earlier in the season. And, and that was the one game that I think Calgary and they should liberate. And BC should have really won that game as well uh, in week six. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at that point, I, I did think that, but after watching them, them put away Saskatchewan the way they did, I mean, at least we'll uh, you know put them in the argument as you know with BC. And I'm still, I'm still uh, on the fence about Toronto. I'll get a chance to see them live live yeah. this week, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens with uh, with that. But those, I think Calgary and BC, in my opinion, are the two are the two best. Third of the way through the season right now, and uh, you know it's it's interesting. You know we're starting to see teams trending upwards. Where the bomb squad have kind of found some momentum. Yes, we'll see that's that will be a fun game bombers to see looking, uh, between the bombers are looking good. The we're very impressed by that turnaround and and uh, Michael Shea and, and 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 those guys out there is. Uh, that's been impressive. Okay, to recap, and don't forget for your opportunity uh, to play CFL Pick'em on CFL.ca, a chance to win thirty grand. Not too shabby, nice and easy, and it's free to play. And you know who likes free besides Davis and I? Everybody. To recap your picks, Montreal and Edmonton. I like Edmonton. D, you're going Edmonton as well in this one? Yes, I got Edmonton. Okay, uh, Winnipeg and Toronto. I like the Argos at home as well, even though home teams don't seem to generally win so far in 2016. I've got the Argos finding a way to upend the uh, the surging bomb squad here. Yeah, I like the I like the Argos as well. Saskatchewan and Calgary. Davis likes Calgary. I like the Riders to pull out a win on Saturday at home in Regina. Roy Finch. And, Roy Finch will run one back. And to close one out on Saturday, it's the return of the Zach Attack, Zach Caleros, and the Hamilton Ticats, NBC. I like the Lions to continue to improve their record, and depending on how the smoke clears at the end of week number eight, we might see maybe the BC Lions atop the CFL Power Rankings next week. I got the Leos. He's Davis Sanchez. I'm James Sabalski, and coming up in a matter of moments, we are going to talk to the most anticipated return to the Canadian Football League, Zach Caleros, quarterback. There you go, Davis. I think you need to be Zach's agent. Zach Caleros coming up on the Waggle. So all the people talking junk out there, you can take that and shove it. Well, it's been a long time coming for this guy, and I think if you're just a fan of Canadian football or football in general, I think you're all amped to see this guy back in the field unless he's playing maybe your team in the Grey Cup, and then you might be getting nervous. But welcome back from the Hamilton Ticats, Zach Caleros. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. It feels great to uh, be back out there throwing it around. Thank you for having me on. I, I bet you've been itching at this for a long – I mean, it's probably been frustrating. It's probably felt like it was miles away at some certain points. Oh, definitely. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the nature of, of the injury and the, and the nature of rehab. But, uh, you know, it's been a long road and it's kind of coming to a you know culmination now where, uh, you know, I'll be out there and uh, throwing it around. So I'm excited for that for sure. What was the hardest part of the better part of the last year? Uh, probably the day after surgery, getting out of bed. You know, luckily my, my girlfriend was there for that. You know, and also just the uh, kind of the monotony and the, the tediousness of, uh, everyday rehab and, and kind of doing the same things and, and not feeling like you're making any strides. 
Is it, it was it boring or was it frustrating? Like just what, what was sort of the emotions that you were going through? I don't think frustrating was the right, is the right word, but uh, yeah, kind of boring. Uh, just because you're you're doing a lot of strange things and you can't go out and you know work on your uh, your passing and and things like that. things that a quarterback would usually do in an off season to get better. Uh, I, I didn't have a ton of time to do that because I couldn't, and uh, so that was that was tough. Did you did you have a lot? Did you, were you getting a lot of phone calls, or did you feel like things just got really eerily quiet at certain points? Oh, I know. I had a lot of phone calls. I had a great support system. I have a great family and uh, and great people in my life. So, uh, never never felt like I was lonely or anything like that. It was it was good. Was it hard to watch or was it easy to watch the games? Uh, you know, I think it'd be I'd be lying to you if I if I said it was easy. Um, you know, anybody whether you're hurt or not, whether you were starting or not, you know, especially at the quarterback position, wants to be out there, and it's always tough to sit there and, and watch somebody else play. Um, so yeah, it, it was tough, and, and I think any competitive person would tell you that. Are you wearing a knee brace now that, that now that you return, or, or like what what changes? I am. I'm, I'm wearing a knee brace uh, on the right knee. I'm uh, gonna wear that for a couple more months. So, uh, but it, but you know, I've had that I've had that on now for four or five months, and it, it feels pretty normal. So. Well, hey, you know what? It worked for Stone Cold Steve Austin all those years working and wearing knee braces. True, so, true. You can throw me, throw me a couple of Budweiser's on the sideline. Just feel, we, we just like him. <laughs> exactly. Start <laughs> dropping stunners on people on, yeah. after touchdowns. All right, Zach. Good I like, celebration. I, I like where you're going with this one. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you find it with the mobility with the knee brace? I mean, some some people say you know what it, it you know you just get used to it real quick, and other people say it drives me nuts. Yeah, I feel pretty normal. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how I look from other people's perspective, but you know, for myself, I, I don't feel much different um, moving around. So that's encouraging. What What's the biggest adjustment you find kind of getting back under uh, under center now? I mean, just you're looking around. I mean, the faces are the same, the uniforms are the same, but or, or for the most part, anyway, slight slight tweaks this year. But um, what what's the biggest? What do you find on the biggest hurdle right now? Yeah, I, can't, I can't pinpoint just one thing. Obviously, when you've been off for a long time, it's uh, you know, I think you got to get used to the speed of the game and, and used to uh, the receivers uh, that you're throwing with, and you know so, some of the things in our offense have changed a bit. Uh, so just getting used to all those things. But uh, again, you know, it's not about me; it's about the whole team. And uh, if we're all clicking, we'll, we'll be good. All right. So who, you, who whose wheels are you greasing the most here right now? Like who's who, who are you buying dinners? Are you hooking up the receivers to make sure they make you look good? Is it getting protection from the O line, bribing those guys, loading them up on pasta and pizza? Like who who, who are you looking after the most right now? You know, I might I might have to take the receivers out this week. You know, I usually I usually tend to take care of the offensive linemen. Uh, we had a good dinner in, in Montreal together, and we, we like to do those things. But uh, yeah, that's a good call. Take the take the backs and the, and the receivers out this week before the game. You got to make me look good. See, look at the advice I'm giving you here, man. And this is all perfect, man. Perfect. I, I just wrote, I just wrote that down. The I mean, you, you look at the uh, of the last number of months. I mean, look, you've been, you're coming off a big knee injury, and you know it's been well documented and talked about. But you know, you also have a little bit of the luxury of of a new contract. And you know, I got to tell you, my partner in crime, my co-host here on the show. Uh, Davis Sanchez, you know, he's 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 pumping your tires and and saying, you know, well deserved. I mean, what's that like knowing you got a little bit of peace of mind now going forward into the into this season and beyond? No, well, Tom, I appreciate that, but uh, you know, I, I think anybody who's played the game of football knows that there's nothing guaranteed in this sport. Uh, you got to treat every week like uh, you're going out there to earn that paycheck. You know, as you should, as a competitor, as a as a professional athlete. 
Um, you know, but you know, with football, at any moment you can be cut. So I, I approach every week with that mentality. And just and and do you still have that? Do you still feel that fire? I mean, do you feel like you're kind of going in as a rookie again with something to prove? Coming off this oh, yeah. injury, and a lot of people going, "Well, does he still have it?" I mean, I think I have something to prove every week. Uh, you know, I've always kind of been the kid who uh, was undersized, um, kind of overlooked, and and you know, luckily I've, I've 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 been fortunate enough to get some opportunities where uh, I've been able to play and and play play well enough to get a, to get another opportunity to start. So uh, that's kind of been my my past in this in this sport. And, uh, you know, I go out there every week to, to, get, to continue to try to prove myself uh, to the people who have always doubted me. What, what's, what's like life as a tie Cat, and, and why, why was it the right fit for you? I mean, we just got a great group of guys here. You know, my teammates really was the, the kind of the resounding thing. I know, I know there's a ton of turnover in the CFL, but we have a great core group of people here. Um, the facilities obviously are beautiful. Um, and, and I just really like the town. You know, proximity is a big thing for me too. It's not too far away from my hometown, so my family can come up. But you know, the town of Hamilton—it's a—it's a blue-collar uh, people, um, great people that have embraced me since the day I since the day I got here. And, uh, and you know, I really wanted to, to be here to see it through and and to to, to compete every year for a great cup, and, and that's that's the goal. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, it's one thing to have your teammates and all that, but there's a whole, you know, from a community standpoint, I mean, this is kind of the place where you kind of plant your flag in the sand, and this is where you're going to live. This is where you're going to call home, for, so to speak, for at least a great portion of the year. So, I mean, beyond, beyond what you just touched on, I mean, talk to me about the city of Hamilton and, and what it means to you. I, like I said, it, it means a ton. Uh, you know, again, you know, the day I got here, I had emails, uh, phone calls from people in the community, you know, wanting to – uh, getting to know me, you know, congratulating me, uh, and and it's kind of been like that ever since. You know, we walk, any of us walk into somewhere, uh, people generally know who we are in town, uh, and they just, you know, they say, hey, good luck. Uh, you know, we love watching you. We're proud of you, uh, and, and that's a good thing. It's something that doesn't happen uh, a ton in this league. And uh, you know, again, we we want to win for this city uh, and this community. You're you're an Ohio kid originally, uh, Steubenville, right? Is that is that right? Yes. Yeah, yes. that, that's a small town too, is it? Uh, twenty thousand, yeah. Yeah, okay. So not 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 the biggest yeah. town and going, but no. What was it like being? What was it like being an Ohio kid and getting the keys to the? And hey, granted, maybe the football program isn't necessarily, you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes, but you know, and it's not not to not to be Debbie Downey here, but what was it like being the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bearcats, which you know, a, a revered u- university, especially in the state of Ohio, but has a lot of national profile. You know, especially no, probably no, known more for basketball than football, but but nevertheless, still a, a lot of prestige. Oh, I mean, Cincinnati was a lot of fun. Uh, again, a, a place where uh, an injury happened, and I got an opportunity and, and, and played well enough to uh, to get to, to get the starting job. So, I, you know, I still keep in touch with my buddies from back there. Uh, best five years of my life. You know, I love that university. I love those people there. Um, and, and especially my, my friends and teammates, you know, we, we had a lot of fun and we won a lot of games. So that was, that was really cool to be a part of. You're, you're probably too young to fully appreciate it, but did you, did you ever learn any of the song WKRP in Cincinnati? Oh, it sounds familiar. Can you sing it for me? Like, oh, no, you want me to sing it? Well, you're just <laughs> lucky I have a great voice, but you know, baby, if you ever wondered, wonder whatever became of me. I oh no no, no, no. In Cincinnati 
since yeah i've I've heard that one i heard that one yeah see i was gonna get you to drop it and here you know i'm blessing the listeners with my dulcet tones so i don't know how that just happened that seems yeah yeah honestly i just uh yeah, I, I couldn't sing it because I don't know the words. I'm trying to go through like lyrics.com to find it right now for you, but <laughs> yeah. I'm having no having no luck with that. You need a faster browser on your phone, apparently. That's, <laughs> you got to get that in your next contract, apparently. Yeah. Hey, I, I couldn't help but notice on your Twitter feed that um, you seem to uh, be remarking. Uh, you seem to have caught this season of The Bachelorette. Was was Chad the the the, the barbaric uh, dude at the beginning of the show? Was he not maybe the best thing that's happened to reality television in years? I mean, like ever. I think I think the one guy from Real World got a job in the WWE. That Mike the Miz guy. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I, I feel like that he's going to be the next one. I mean, honestly, that guy's the only guy on there telling the truth, though. Probably, you know. So I kind of respected him for that. It, it is it is a an unintentionally funny show, and I, and I kind of make fun of my girlfriend and, and, and her mom and her sisters for watching it so so uh, closely. But, yeah, it, it's a, it gives me a good laugh from time to time. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm too into it. I've probably watched two, two or three episodes. But just com- completely completely absurd that people think it's serious. But that's just my opinion. You're, you being, you're being a good boyfriend, though, right? Like you're being a good boyfriend. Yeah, putting you know. in some time watching the show. Hey, man, they, they, they watch football now. They met me. So, yeah, it's, it's a give and take thing. It's a give and take. And, and go figure that a quarterback yeah. goes and wins this season of The Bachelorette, too, right? Who could have been a potential CFL quarterback in Jordan Rogers? Uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. He wasn't, so as, the good pro- as, Chad. He wasn't as good as Chad, though. Like, just the ultimate no. pro. That kid's smart, though. I mean, smart kid, though. I mean, he used that for, you know, like they all do to be famous. So. You know, I, I highly doubt that those two stick together. That's just my two cents. Yeah. And would, now do you, would, would a guy like you, would, do you think you'd go deep on a show like The Bachelorette, or, or would you be an early elimination? I would not go on the show. <laughs> Why um, not? Because there's not, there's not a chance I would go on a show like that. Come on. I just, no. You just lie the whole time. I, I just I couldn't do it in good faith. I just couldn't. Could you do like a Survivor or Big Brother or anything? Yeah, I've never really watched any of those shows. Uh, I have a couple of buddies that love Survivor, but I, I don't think I could do Survivor because I wouldn't want to be out in the wilderness. And I was never into camping or fishing or anything. Yeah, I like to shower. You know, <laughs> I like air conditioning. Okay, you know, well, okay. Well, let's come at it at a different approach. Which Hamilton uh, Tie Cat would thrive the best or excel on a show like The Bachelorette? Man. I mean, he's already married, but I think just from a genuine, like, who would win if he was single, Luke Tasker would definitely win. If the girl was actually taking it, like, if she wanted to find love, yeah, then, yeah, for sure. But he, but Luke's taken. So I would, I'd have to go with another guy who's kind of taken, but I think Simone would just be hilarious to watch on there. Oh, just, okay. So, so you, he'd be hilarious. you don't think the brains of, like, Peter Dykowski or something like that would just charm the ladies? I, I, th- I think I think Peter would figure out a way tactically to to win. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I could go in there and lie. You know, you could just go on and lie, tell tell the, the person what you want to hear, which I feel like is what, what all they all do. Yeah. But I just wouldn't. I wouldn't want that camera in my face all day. I'd probably I'd lose my mind. Yeah. It, 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 it's been it's been enough this last year of of me coming back and and the cameras in my face. Like I just can't wait for this game to be over with. So all the attention's gone. To be yeah. completely honest with I was, you. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, what what's that? What what's that like? Because I mean, there's so much. You know, you try to be 
a team guy, but at the same time, I mean, it's so much about you right now. I just, I can't stand it, to be honest with you. And I get it. I get it from a uh, TV, radio, whatever perspective people want to know and fans want to know. Um, and I understand that it's part of my job as uh, as a quarterback and, and somebody who uh, is supposed to be the franchise guy. But uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of from the school of Ricky Ray. I, I prefer just to do my job, talk about the other team, um, be very cliche, and and, that, and that's about it. What'd you learn from Rick? That right there. How to how to how to answer questions. How to be a pro. Um, how to, to see lie. the game. You're basically, basically yeah. How to lie, yeah. Right? Like, I give yeah. you nothing. Yeah. I'm giving you nothing. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, and that and, and, and how to how to see the game more cerebrally. And, um, you know, when I, when I was younger, I really just wanted to, you know, I thought I was an athlete, thought I was a, you know, an athletic quarterback. But uh, if you want to survive in this league, you got to be able to understand defenses uh, and get the ball to your hands to the guys who are getting paid to make those plays. So. Hey, I don't know if you caught it uh, over the last few days, but uh, one of the big stories over the last week in the CFL was Henry Burris's kind of rant at halftime uh, during the Red Blacks Eskimos game. Did yeah, you... I was home. I was home. I always miss the the good stuff. <laughs> I always miss the good stuff. I feel like. And you didn't. And you didn't see it on social media or anything. No, somebody. Some. I got back up here yesterday, and, and one of my teammates showed me. I thought it was pretty funny, to be honest with you. Okay, least, uh, and talk to, I mean, as, yeah. as a quarterback and, and a guy who's coming off injury and, and facing that, I mean, do you do you sympathize with? Him? Do you understand where he's coming from, or do you kind of say, eh, maybe maybe not the best timing? Like, well, how do you see? Something? You know, I mean, I'm I, I'm too young to really have known uh, a lot of Henry's past in this league, but uh, if if he feels like guys are on him all the time in the media, yeah, that's that's him. I, I don't really watch uh, the TSN stuff. I don't. I don't watch the interviews and and, and what those guys in the panel say. Um, you know, you're too busy I, watching The Bachelorette. Yeah, I'm too, too busy watching reality TV. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, I guess sometimes you, when you've had enough, you've had enough, and, and Hank felt like he had to deal with it. So, uh, if, if that's what he felt was right in a situation, that's what he felt was right. You know, I pro- I wouldn't have approached it that way, but. Uh, everybody's different, you know, teach their own. Zach, listen, I appreciate you taking the time. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, I think everybody listening to this right now uh, knows that the best reality television going is still hands down, far and away, sports. And it, you know, I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to watching some great reality television this weekend with you back. The league is better off having you uh, on the field than, than being on the sidelines. And uh, I look forward and good luck. And you got a tall order against those Lions this weekend because uh, that's a nasty bunch you got to get thrown into the fire against. That's a good group of guys for sure. It's gonna be fun. Are are they are they a good group of guys? I mean, they're ready to probably knock the snot out of you. Oh man, I like Big E and I like uh, I like Solomon. They're they're good guys. But yeah, that's 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 the beauty of football. You're out there and uh, you're enemies for sixty minutes, but your friends off the field. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Zach, welcome back, man. And uh, we're looking forward to watching uh, the best Zachs and Zach Morris uh, take to the uh, TV screens. And, uh, Great TV show, man. Great TV show. <laughs> take care, man. You're a guy, though, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Thanks, man. Cheers. Take care. That is Hamilton Ticats quarterback Zach Caleros joining us this week on The Waggle. Good guy. Good personality. And you know what? It's got a softer side. Or a compromising side with his girlfriend. Watch a little Bachelorette. Probably more Bachelorette talk than you expected for a CFL podcast, didn't you? But you know what? Get a different side of the guy's personality, though, right? 
That'll do it for this week's edition of The Waggle. Enjoy the games. Nice to see one of the more electrifying and dynamic talents in the CFL returning this week in Zach, who uh, just joined us here moments ago. Hey, remember to subscribe if you are not already. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Give us a like as well. Give it a five-star rating. It all helps. It all goes a long way because, you know what? We're just charming guys here and uh, and ladies that work behind the scenes with The Waggle. Um, we got to be politically correct, all right? It is 2016, after all. We show a sensitive side because, you know what? Like I said, the best reality TV going... S-P-O-R-T-S and we're talking CFL style talk to you next week everybody peace and love